Hello, hello, friends and, and peoples. I love you. I'm happy we're still here. I gotta tell you a little something. I think that 2020 is the year that you can do anything you want. You can do anything you want in 2020. You can kill people in the street in 2020. My name is Zylon. No, it's not. I'm just changing it for privacy reasons. Cliff, my dear friend who I've known pre-pubes, is going to be bringing my parents out of the closet by playing their voicemails they have left me over the years. He's also going to be reading a lot of their texts. 
When I first met Cliff, he had already curated an exotic impression of my parents. He's had this impression of them for many moons, and most people that meet my parents start to do their own impressions. It's like a nice pandemic that doesn't kill you or others. To give you some background, my dad is a tough guy from the Bronx who's breathtakingly religious and emotionally dines with Limbaugh and knows he's not supposed to talk about politics, but just says that it's just economics. He's not taking sides. My mom is a stream of consciousness 24-7 with no inhibitions and casually mentions rape facts and what's new in the vegan world. I'm so excited that the world gets to hear this. Thank you, Brother Cliff. You're a true gentleman for kindly and lovingly introducing them as an entity into the world. Enjoy, brothers and sisters, and may light of you shine on my lights, too. Just to let you know, your lamp, your Acadian ribbon lamp is there in your front door. They just delivered it. Look then. Hi, Elizabeth. I was in the shower when you called me. It's amazing. Every time I'm in the shower, you call. <laughs> I'm here at the gym right now. Okay, sweetheart. Hope everything is working out good. No cat fights this week. So give me a call. Bye. Yeah, Elizabeth, this is Dad. You, you called me a little bit ago. I was on the phone with your grandfather, my father, uh, Eddie, and uh, so I couldn't pick up the phone. But anyway, be extremely careful about going uh, to Europe for any reason, okay? And stay away from large crowds. There's a lot of crazies running around during the holidays with these uh, wackos. So be extremely careful, okay? Stay away from large crowds, okay? Take care. Bye. Love. Strange people walking around. Yeah, they look strange. Oh, yeah, you don't think these, these guys are strange? You don't think so? Oh, really strange. Hi, Elizabeth. Mom, honey, how you doing? Hi, Elizabeth. This is Dad. Sorry I couldn't pick up the phone. We were in the middle of a Bible study with this young brother at the Kingdom Hall. Mom and I were studying with him. So anyway, give me a call back to get a chance. By the way, I heard your weather there is terrible, raining every day. You wouldn't believe the weather we were having here. Just incredible. In the low 70s with the sun, beautiful, just beautiful. Okay, I love you. Text message from mommy. Please remember the slave said it would be wise to have on hand rice and beans for the tough times ahead. We bought some and as soon as we get it, will tell you how good it is. If you don't get it, I'll get some extra rice and beans for your emergency kit. Because we already know how quickly things can change. 
have no fear. God will bring back his paradise to the earth shortly after the tribulation. Love you much. Text message from Mommy. Congratulations, sweetheart, about your husband, Ion, receiving his unemployment. Once again, you listened to your earthly father, and things went well for you. Ultimately, your heavenly father, God, listened to our prayers. We asked your brother Scranial to pray. Therefore, let's all thank him in prayer. Also, please encourage our sweet little Ion to have a Bible study with Dad because in a little while longer, he will return to earth to paradise. Then, Ion's sore wrists will be better so he can continue to draw and garden with you forever. And your bandinos too. Text message from Dad. Remember Zylon, every day is Father's Day. The Bible says to honor your mother and your father. It's one of God's commandments. Thank you for saying I am a great father. I appreciate that. Love, Dad. Text message from Dad. Sorry, the sun is not out today. It's raining today. It's 78 degrees. And it's real sunny and beautiful. Love, Dad. Text message from Dad. Photo attachment of attractive tattooed women and lingerie. Zylon. I hope you never do this to yourself. What is wrong with these people? They're ruining themselves. When they get older, they're going to look back and they're going to say to themselves, they should have never done that. Plus, it's a pandemic with people getting hepatitis in about 10 to 20 years. They just never think it through. They never think of the consequences. Text message from Mommy.
I sound like I'm bragging about my children. We think we missed the boat with Scrawled. However, now that he's on his anti-depression medicine and working 10 hours a day at the post office, he's not crying or talking to the mirror by our front door at 2 a.m. anymore. Also, he doesn't have time for those unsavory friends who aren't interested in doing what's right. He seems to do he seems to be doing much better. Time will tell. Love you all and waiting for this system to be better than Disneyland. Xylon sends picture to mommy and dad of a woman of large proportions in light pink skin tight leggings that are the same color as her flesh. The woman is shopping hard at Walmart during peak business hours. She's got a black tank, it looks like she's wearing a black tank top with no pants on at all and sandals. Mommy texts back and says, Gross! Daddy texts back, Nice going, nice going, Zylon. Good picture to send your mom and dad. That's disgusting! I'm sitting here with Mikey Lee. Come real close. Yeah, grab a chair. Throw that away. Throw it over. Me, man, me and Mikey Lakey are here. He just listened to this wild podcast. What did you think of that weird recording, Mikey? I thought it was mildly disturbing, but it was really entertaining. And I had an out-of-body experience. It was, it was awesome. Thank you, Mikey. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Now, all of a sudden, we're doing this. You were there, now you're here. What is this like? I wonder what this is like for you. You were in that world, and now you're here with me and Mikey. We're in the kitchen, and we're having a blast. Mikey, put down that pan. This is no time to make stromboli. (laughs) So... Um, Mikey, can you tell us, tell these wild little people, how do we know each other? Uh, we know each other from a, um, 
a religion we were both a part of. I was very young. I was hanging around, and uh, I think I first officially met you from a guy named Bobby Rodriguez. Bobby! And uh, I was having Bible studies with him, and I probably was in the fourth grade. I, I was about 10 years old, and um, one day he picked me up, and it was after church, I believe, and he took me to the park, and it was Nap Ranch Park, and I met you, and um, a good buddy of mine, Tina, was there, and I met your brother, Charlie, I met your cousin, I think, I'm just going to throw this out there, I think his name was Courtney, is that? Courtney? Yeah, is it, No. Marcus? Maybe something like that. Which cousin? I don't remember, but it was one of your cousins, and it was something like that. Bobby Rodriguez's brother was there. We were skateboarding, you know, and that was like the first time I officially met you. Um, then later on, a, a year or so, you started picking up me and my friend Tino, and you would take us skateboarding. And what would we listen to at full volume? I remember very clearly listening to um, Portishead. Yep. I remember Strung Out. Yep. I remember Deftones. Uh-huh. And Follow the Leader. And Follow the Leader. Corn. Corn. Just yes. slap, pop, and bass. Slap, pop, and bass. Uh, and I had the little bazooka, too. And you, you in were... In the backseat. I was a really young kid, and you were really cool. You had a nice little truck with a dope-ass <laughs> sound system in it, and I was... Showing me all cool things, music, and I was like, this is rad. This is a Bronco, too. Yeah, this is Bronco, and um, this is probably like the year 2000, maybe even a little before. And uh, so it's been over 20 years, you know. And um, I remember you taking me and Tino to skateboard at the park. I remember one time I came into your house and you showed me your drum set in your room. And, uh, you know, I was so young, I looked up to you. Very much so, you know, and, um, yeah, and, and then we kind of were, like, just involved and, and saw each other a lot through through the religion and things like that, and then, um, probably a couple years later, me and Tino got our first crappy musical instruments. Oh, yeah, the tribute to rock. Yeah, that came a little bit later, but yeah, we, we wanted to start a band. I remember Tino had a guitar, and I couldn't put it down. And uh, I wanted to get one, too, but he made me get a bass because we were going to start a band, you know? <laughs> and um, that's when I started hanging out with your brother, Charlie, and he started giving me bass lessons at Guitar Center in Sam Ash when I was 13 years old. That was always the big thing when you were first starting bands and playing instruments is everyone had to kind of like claim an instrument. Yeah. And you were like kind of stuck with things. Yeah, I was stuck. I kind of always decided I was going to be the singer. Yeah. Like I decided that. Yeah. So I ended up, I, that put me on guitar and then I wanted to play drums. But I never, I just, I, you ever have an instrument where you just know it's not you don't have you're never gonna have it for that instrument like with bass for me yeah is like i know so much about bass i can like tutor someone on how to play i'm like the old fat old boxing coach yeah we are like how's this guy teaching anything <laughs> <laughs> what's he doing yeah so but um yeah do you have any instruments like that you know i think the one instrument that i would say would be singing and it's not that i don't know how to sing it's just like I don't have 
like lyrics and vocal melodies come very naturally to me and I like to do things with music that come out supernatural like yeah. I don't have to do a lot of work to it you know yeah and uh, I- I've had a few things but like if I find myself sitting there and trying really hard to to, wor- to work it out it doesn't come out good as it does yeah. it just is supernatural you know and um but other than that you know like uh, I think drums and guitar are probably my main thing, you know, not too technical. I just like to feel like I have my own approach to it. Well, you played, um, you've, you had, you had some cool stuff. You were in the band Ugly? Yeah, The Sound of Ugly. Um, it was Ugly, then The Sound of Ugly, which right? you came up with the name, by the way, um, and that's true, and, uh, it was a band that I started, and I met a friend of mine named Casey, who who was a rapper. I didn't really want to play rap music. I didn't know anything about creating rap music at all, but it kind of seemed to be what a lot of my friends in high school were into, atmosphere, underground, early 2000s hip-hop stuff, and and I thought it would be cool to just start a band because people were listening to it, you know? Yeah. And uh, then, like... Once I heard it recorded, I really liked Casey's vocals to my stuff. And, and I, I was like, this sounds pretty good. We should keep working at it, you know. And then you... So you guys got signed for a little bit, right? What was that? We really didn't get signed. We had Interscope Records, like, kind of developing us a little bit. Like, they were paying for recordings and, and booking us shows. And, and they were definitely interested in our band. And, um, you know, they introduced us to a guy named Eddie Wall, who was... a uh, who's a great producer. He's won a bunch of Emmys for recordings and like doing soundtracks for TV shows. He produced like Fuel and like Crossfade and like Sm- Smile Empty Soul and all kinds of stuff. So Oh my god. Yeah, we we were we were on our way to be able to possibly do something for sure. And I was 19 years old at the time and we we actually got introduced to Jada Pinkett Smith somehow and she's the one who who introduced all of that to us. But unfortunately, I don't think I was ready for all that, and, and I had some of my own mistakes that I was on the way of making, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, when we played in a band together, me and Mikey were in a band. Like, five different bands. Yeah, a million well, When bands. I was 14, you asked me to play bass in these three words with you and Ron. And that is how I first really connected with you as a friend, and, and like... You know, and I I looked up to you a lot at the time, and, and like, I was so, like, excited, you know, to do it, and and I was very, like, flattered that you were going to let me in, but uh, at that age, like, you you know, my, my mind was so ready to be molded, and like, you poured all this musical knowledge into me, and, and playing with Ron helped so much, too, and like, that yeah. was like uh, education that I went to, you know. That was probably the most important turning point in my life, you know. And there was a lot of insanity going on at home. And, like, I was either going to go into this direction or insane cliff world direction, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. And, uh, in a way, I think it saved my life, man. Well, I'm glad because I got to tell you, I was always worried because I would always be... Um, you know, I had booze around and it was like, it was weird because when I go drinking, it's not like you're drinking and going out looking for chicks. Yeah. It's like 
you're drinking so you can jam yeah. <laughs> and get into making music and diving into the art. It wasn't about like, let's get drunk and party as yes. much as it was about, let's, let's get, get drunk and get creative and yeah. get wild. I appreciate things. And, 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 and But I was already drinking and, and doing things yeah. with people. That so I, I didn't... I, you, you took me out of a shittier situation, you know? Mikey actually got me to smoke weed. For the first time, yeah, Mikey uh, yeah. got Mikey got me into smoking weed. Yeah, I, I ended up being a very bad influence. He was to, horrible. You, no, wait, but that was I'm, but I'm not like pot guy. Yeah. I, just, I smoke every day. I but, remember when you hit the gravity bong like eight times. Oh my <laughs> you're, god! You're puking, walking through the neighborhood. Like, oh my god! I remember it. sitting in my car listening to my own music. Yeah, and it sounded like it was in slow motion. <laughs> it was like. Brrr. And then, yeah, I got picked up. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Man, we were crazy. When we were in a band called Forget About the Wedding in around 2004-ish, like 2004, we were, it was me, Mikey, and Ron Felico, and my brother, and then our good buddy, Abu, played bass. Um, but that band was insane because you had Ron doing crack. Yeah. <laughs> you had <laughs> my brother on opiates. Yeah. You had me just guzzling whiskey and beer nonstop. Yeah. Just fat ass little piece of shit. <laughs> and we were just monsters. All of us were just monsters at for that time. Yeah, we were fucked up a lot. It was it was good times. <laughs> we had a lot of angst. Yeah. And I tracked down that DVD. Did you? Yep. It's at Andy's. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. We're going to record Mikey. He's got an album coming out. I know this isn't fascinating stuff for for the whole world. <laughs> Let's get to the filth, the grime, the sex, the nasty sex. Um, well, we both have been on a wild path, and we've both seem to have come out we're still in the game making music we've lost a lot of friends on the way who no longer are involved but um in making art or even doing life anymore some of some of them but uh mikey what are you up to now want to kind of talk about this because i have a goal i drink way too much beer guys this is that this is the deal i'm drinking too much beer and I just drink enough to where I don't get sloppy, I don't get drunk. I'm just, it's just bad for my health. It's just really bad. So I got to get the hell out of it, out of this drinking scene. But Mikey has, is actually working in that field and he's done really good for himself. What's going on with you? Well, let me just say first, like, uh, you know, I got into some heavier drugs, started doing a lot of meth. Uh, I started getting arrested, started going to treatment, and I thought it would be a better idea to switch to heroin. Didn't really work out. So it turned into just me using both meth and heroin together or whatever else I can get my hands on. And, um, you know, I, I think I was very naive to think that... that And at first, too, I, I think I was using it to, to like, play music because it was helping it was making me more creative i was playing drums better i was losing weight and like it just slowly started taking everything away for me and i realized i couldn't stop and um 
I was addicted and it was going to be a very long, awful process of going in and out of jail, living on the streets, stealing from everybody, just being the biggest world's piece of shit. And, um, you know, I had to get miserable and I had to get desperate and, and like, you know, there was a time where I wanted to stop really badly and I couldn't, you know, it was not an easy process, but I found help, man. And, um, you know, I went to a treatment center and, uh, I just decided enough was enough and I had to get out of myself and find a new way to live and I was you know like just through my my desperation and my worst part man like I I was able to to see things a little differently um I I started going to like meetings you know and like hanging out with sober people very important try to hang out with people who are a little further ahead than I am in recovery, in sobriety, in life in general, and just like have that kind of rub off on me. I think I've always been good at making friends. So that's, how long have you been sober? I'm coming up on four years, no drugs, no alcohol, man. It's it's that's it, significant. Yeah, that's that's significant. Yeah, it's a pretty big milestone. And, man, uh, I'm proud of you. You know, I just got involved, and then one thing led to another, and once I started making friends in the recovery community, you know, people. People are willing to help you and reach out and be there for you and kind of push you in the right direction, you know, because I didn't know how to be a responsible adult, man. I had never had any experience with that. Like, all I ever knew how to do was fucking party and yeah. play music. That was all I cared about, you know. And, and you've it, got me as a role model who <laughs> still hasn't seemed to... I'm still just wild. There's yeah, no... But you've been able there's to... There's no responsibility. <laughs> you know, that was a tough thing to learn how to do. It, it was not something naturally that just came to me. I Did had to you have on. a... Is there any, like, period of time or moment that was a big change, like, that pushed you over the edge to get well? What do you mean? Like, like is there, like, did something happen or was there a certain period of time or did you just kind of get really sick? You know, as they say, sick and tired of being sick yeah. and tired. No, you know, I was what definitely, was definitely sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, I, I ended up at this place called Cry Help. I have to throw that out there. And, uh, you know, I just, like, went there and, like, I made a lot of friends and it was cool. Like, you know, and I liked being there. It, it didn't feel like like jail or like a place where I didn't want to fucking be, you know? Is and, that kind of what it is? Is it just you were in the right environment and it clicked yeah. and it felt right? And yeah. You, you were like, I'm on the right path. Yeah. And, and the people that I was surrounding myself with, once again, is so important. And even though most of those people have not stayed sober, I have. But, like, you know, I just kind of like made sure that I didn't use and didn't fucking pick up and like it's been a weird process for me to be able to hang out with you if I was like a year sober I couldn't be there's beer cans sprawled (laughs) all over (laughs) you know but I'm cool like I don't want to drink and if I did I would leave I'm talking close to to him with my stinky (laughs) beer breath (laughs) yeah but you know I love you Cliff you saved my life in so many ways so um you know, but I, today, like, I don't think about it. I don't want to. I mean, there are moments when I do, but it's not worth the consequences. I don't want to have the negative consequences. I don't want to feel like the biggest piece of shit that's ever walked the face of the earth. Well, because, Mikey, you're one of the greatest people I've ever known. You've got such an incredible heart and soul. It's it's weird. You get You come across some people who are heavy drug users, and it's just like they're committed to being a piece of shit. Like, 
they like it. They enjoy. Even if they don't really like it, I don't think anyone really likes it. Yeah. But they they indulge in it. They they kind of lean into it. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah, I'm doing drugs. And that's yeah. kind of how my brother kind of makes me feel. Like, he's like, oh, I like drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, he defends it. Yeah. And so it, it makes me feel like you can't work with that. But you've always been a person with a great heart, a great soul. You've always meant well. Thank you. And I I've, love you so much. I, that was kind of a hard thing. When you're going through the hard time, I'm going, oh, I know Mikey. This must be breaking his heart because he doesn't want to be I mean, acting off. It started wild. off. It started off as like I think me being a little interested and me thinking that I, I wanted to to you know just kind of see what it was up with it. But like you said, I like to hang out with kind-hearted people. I like to hang out with creative people, artists, musicians, like you know. And then I just found myself in a in a world in an environment and in a lifestyle filled with people that I had no business being a part of because I don't have the heart for that kind of shit and I got fucked over time and time again because of it. Today I'm grateful for that, you know, but it's a very cold way of life, a very cold thinking and you start getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it and you're hanging out with criminals, you're hanging out with convicts and drug dealers and and you know you are who you associate with and even though I I was very naive to think that I was going to be different for me, you know, and, and the more I got hooked on the drugs, the more deeper I got pulled in and it always got the best of me. And, um, I, I realized that this was not for me and that I still couldn't get out of it, man. It was definitely a struggle and a process to stop, you know, and, uh, I've lost a lot of friends along the way. I, I've done a lot of hard, like in, in the time, you know, like I can't ever get that back. You know, that's, that's gone, but well, you're, you're really young. You got your whole life, and I know that sucks. Yeah. And all, but you know what? Youth is a big blur. They always say youth is wasted on the young because nobody appreciates it. So you're a young man. You're moving into your life, and you're sober, and you're in good. You're in a good place. You're actually doing so much better than so many people out there. But yeah, that's just that's really inspiring. And yeah, that's what I'm. What I'm noticing for me is like, no matter what, if I allow drinking back in, it ramps up to like dozens of beers. I no matter it. what, I get it. I like, can't have one beer. It'll 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 start at like oh I can have like two beers if I'm sober, and then like oh two beers that's nice, and then yeah it always just ramps up and starts getting earlier and earlier that I start. Yeah. I don't... Yes, I end up drinking more throughout the whole day because I start earlier. But, yeah, I'm... I'm really... I'm really looking to kick it. I always... I've always felt bad about drinking. Did your family ever warn you or anything? Oh, yeah, they did. And they told me that there was a... You know, it was in my genes to addiction or alcoholism or whatever the fuck. And, and they were right. But... I've thought, like, fuck you guys, you're all drinking and using too, so why shouldn't I? But, you know, um, it just affected me, like, right away, like, addiction. Like, I didn't realize it at the time because it seemed innocent because I was hanging out with my high school friends and I was, you know, like, wanting to be accepted and cool and, like, 
I remember like having that fear of 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 substances and 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 alcohol and and weed or whatever, and then I remember just loving it and just wanting to be fucked up all the time. Like right away, I was drinking constantly because I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. Um, I was insecure, you know. Like I, I wanted to be accepted, like I said, and, and um, you know, it was full blast addiction since I've been 15, 16 years old. Like I just wanted to be fucked up all the time. Like, I was constantly trying to get money for weed. I constantly wanted to be drunk. Like, I couldn't be sober. Well, couldn't it's be hard. clean. It was just not possible. It's hard when when you feel bad all the time. And then you come across this little can of juice that... <laughs> <laughs> just holding on to it. That just makes you feel happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look how happy I am. Uh. <laughs> what? I mean, you know, you can do it. You just have to be ready and do it. Like, you've done it before. And for me, like you said, you had some time. Yeah, I've done four months. That's See, that's a big deal. You have to look at it like that. I like it. To be like, I, I loved it. Yeah. And I loved it. But you have to look at it like, oh, I have four months sober. Like, I want to drink, but I'm not going to throw those four months away because they're not easy to get again. And it's so weird you know? because I know, I know for a fact there's... There's no, there's no, not, it's, if I break it, it's broken. Yeah. And I know myself. And you just start, you know. Yeah, it just slowly ramps uh, up every time. I feel like I've been trying to quit. Do you have a lot of memories of me, like, going through stages of trying to quit drinking? (laughs) I feel like I I have, like, countless. I have a, I literally have a tattoo on my forearm (laughs) of the day I quit drinking. Oh, yeah, you should have seen me in October 18th, 2005. (laughs) I I should get another one right under it. Yeah. And with this next day, and be like, that's the day I started drinking again. That'd be funny. Um, I didn't drink on that day. You know, it's pretty cool. (laughs) I remember you wanting to and trying to and, and stopping, but I didn't want you to not be drinking. I wanted you to be. Driving around with me drunk, listening to fucking cool yeah. music, and that's like kind of that's what's the, that's what 40s. sucks. Remember when you had that old Cadillac? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I had we, two Cadillacs, yeah, I had the yeah. white one and yeah. the blue one. And we were we were listening around, drinking, forties, listening to R. Kelly songs. But this was before we knew about the underage girl stuff. We don't support that. That's not a no. We were avid, wild <laughs> fans of R. Kelly. <laughs> Until that young girl stuff. I get, yeah, it's hard. It's hard not to... You know, you can't watch Billy Elliot. Yeah. You can't... There's a whole list of things we're not allowed to... Let's just not care. Yeah. And just watch it anyways. <laughs> I mean... It's a crazy time, you know? It's is anybody spending money on our Kelly, really? I mean, Spotify isn't paying him a lot. No. Uh, that's mainly where we got a bunch of people listening to them for free, basically. Yeah. No one's going to the. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an R. Kelly expert on what, what R. Kelly's been up to. Recently. Tell me what you know about R. Kelly and how long have you been involved? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, well, so what's one of the wildest things that we've ever done together? What's one of the? I know we have that mail night. Oh, yeah. That's like a that federal was, crime. That was a federal crime, but I don't necessarily think we should talk about that. 
Well, let me tell you about these two other guys. There's this guy named Clip and Spikey. Clip and Spikey were stealing mail back in 2000. Those two idiots. Yeah. These morons. Driving I hope the last We were swig that night, too. Uh-huh. And we were running. Swig, my good friend, who just recently passed away, man, from a, you know... From uh from the disease of addiction and uh you know he was a good friend of mine rest in peace Swig but yeah he was there we love Swig we found some seized candy and we found some I feel like we should you know those guys Chip and and Spikey might not appreciate us talking about this on the clip and (laughs) Spikey yeah well I don't know those guys were wild pigs all I'm saying is. I know a lot of kids are known to do crazy things. It, it's hard for me to pick out one crazy story. Well, it, there it was a long time, and they just come to you. You know, I'll just tell you this much: there was this little bar, and I was leaving the bar, minding my own business with a buddy, a very mild-mannered buddy, and he's probably listening to this. If you're out there, I love you, buddy. Remember when we were walking out of the bar um, and the guys on the balcony at the apartments that overlooked the bar parking lot started yelling stuff at us. And all I did was smile and wave and go like, hope you're having a good night. And they started screaming and yelling at me. And as I was backing out, they threw things at my uh, truck windshield and smashed the windshield. So I left and I came back later. <laughs> I called friends. Yeah. I was calling buddies. Yeah. And yeah, we went back there like around three and four in the morning. Yeah. And we uh, we threw bricks through the through the sliding glass window. We were wild. Uh, it was kind of horrifying. I'm regretting talking about this right now. I'm staring off in the distance. Yeah, it was going. Was, oh, what the hell were we doing? Fun though, you it, know. It was. It was sweet revenge. It was sweet revenge. It's like these guys went ape shit on me for no reason. Yeah. All these like five, six guys on a balcony just fucking started screaming and smashed my windshield, and I just drove off. So, you know, came back. It was one of the funnest nights of my life. <laughs> I throw in those fucking bricks through yeah. those sliding glass windows. Yeah. And then they all started screaming inside because we had friends on the outside, on the front, who were smashing the windows. Yeah. <laughs> smashing the front windows of the apartment. And we got the hell out of there. It was fun. I remember there was like one guy who was like a criminal who was like, who was scary. Yeah. We were like, who is this? Fucking guy. It's like a weird little bald prisoner Irish guy. Yeah. Who, yeah. like, was like, all right, if anything goes happens, you know, just put money on my books. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, Jesus Christ. Yeah, what that, did I get myself into? Yeah, it was a pretty serious <laughs> gotta dude, put my, I got to put money on this guy's books. <laughs> How do you do that? Hello? I'd like to put money on some books. So, I don't know how to go about that, but, Yeah. <laughs> It got really wild, man. We had so much fun. And then we took the detour, and now we're here. Yeah. Mikey's helping people get better. And, uh, yeah, we're sweet little lovers. Mikey's going to come in and record. We're working on a project with him. 
at Drooping Rug, me and Andy. And uh, can't wait for you guys to hear it. Anything you want to say about this project? Uh, yeah, I just I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I can't wait for it to be done. And uh, I'm glad to be working with you on music again. It's been a long time in the making. And this is more stuff that, you know, some of it's songs that I wrote in my worst possible place where I didn't have nothing and I, uh, you know, wasn't ever expecting to turn any of these songs into anything or even show them to anyone. So the fact that I'm watching it come into life now through being in recovery is really exciting and I'm glad that you get to be a part of it and you're willing to be a part of it and do it doing it with me it means the world you know well you're a great person and you deserve it and you've earned it and you're like i said you're a great person and musician and yeah you deserve the world thank you for thank you for helping bring a little light to this world mikey i love you if there's any final comments any any anything you'd like to say to the people as a goodbye we're gonna end it on you uh, I just want to say, you know, if um, I just want to say I love you, Cliff. Thank you for having me on. And uh, if you are struggling with this, you know, you can you can get the help and you can do it. You just have to to do it and you have to want to do it and reach out. And there's ways and means to, to have someone help you with this. But you have to do something about it, man. And you have to be willing and you have to just make that first step, you know, and it's worth it. Life is worth fighting for. You don't have to be miserable forever it's not worth living your life like that so there's always hope thank you so much mikey yeah we hope to like i know the podcast gets real wild this is kind of my therapy i'm dealing with a lot of trauma from my childhood and i'm kind of acting it out and creating these wild scenarios uh for your entertainment and for my therapy and um thanks for hanging in there and we like to add just a little bit of, we're trying to ultimately at the end add a little bit of healing um after we we kind of purge purge all the darkness <laughs> and then we try to figure out how do we now get better from there there's no use purging if you're just gonna lay in your own filth you gotta purge and get up and try to start healing But I love you guys. Mikey loves you guys. And uh, until next time. Bye. Yeah, baby. Bye.